Quinn and Williams, Makai Becton, key players for the Jets week one against the Bills. We'll discuss today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. It's our first crossover Thursday of the year. New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, AFC East action. Actually, the third time in five years these teams play to kick off the season. I'm John Butchko. Jets fans, you recognize me as the host of Locked On Jets, along with Joe Marino, the host of Locked On Bills. Here to preview Monday Night Football, a big game with big implications in the division. Joe, great to be with you as always. Yeah, ready to get this season started now. Bills and Jets fans have to wait the longest of any team in week one to see their teams play, but quite the stage. Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers' debut as a quarterback of the Jets. Obviously, the Bills, who have had a lot of success within this division, ready to kind of put it on the line and see where the cards fall, but it starts with a big one on Monday Night Football. As I mentioned, these teams have played week one quite frequently in recent years, but those were both games where the Jets were coached by Adam Gase. That includes Adam Gase's debut in 2019, a bit of a more exciting debut this year with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But Joe, let me throw it to you. What do you think the biggest storyline is from the Buffalo side? Well, John, I I think this big storyline to me for the Bills is a debut of a football team that should have a different look and feel on both sides of the football. Now, the Bills are returning 75% of their roster from last year. That's number one in the NFL. There's plenty of continuity, but there's still plenty of new dynamics with this Buffalo Bills football team. On offense, you've got two new starting offensive linemen that obviously the Bills are hoping represent upgrades with both of their guard spots, Connor McGovern at left guard, Osiris Torrance at right guard. And you've got some new weapons around Josh Allen. There's some familiar faces, of course, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. Those guys are all going to do their thing. But you do have the new tight end, the rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid. The Bills made him a first-round pick and have plans to kind of use him as a slot receiver in a lot of the ways that they've used Cole Beasley in the past. And they really missed that slot presence last year. So he's now part of the mix. You have more depth at wide receiver by bringing in a couple of veterans in Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy to add to the mix, and then a really overhauled backfield where Devin Singletary, the Bills' lead ball carrier, leading rusher the last four years, he's now a Houston Texans. Uh, James Cook, now the lead ball carrier, very different skill set to go with a couple of powerful backs behind him and Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. So a lot of continuity on offense, but some different dynamics that could be in play here with the weapons and the offensive line. And then defensively, Sean McDermott is now the defensive play caller for the Bills. Leslie Frazier moved on. And it's this is now Sean McDermott's defense in full, and we're expecting a more aggressive scheme. A lot of the same players that have always been on the Bills' defense, but there's more depth on the defensive line with some additions of Puna Ford and Leonard Floyd off the edge. And then you have a healthy secondary. That's a dynamic for the Bills this year that wasn't true last year, where whether it was Tredavious White missing the first half of the season and working back from an ACL tear, they lost Micah Hyde in Week 2. He's now healthy, ready to go. Of course, Jordan Poyer played hurt all season long. So a healthy secondary to go with a new philosophy, a renewed philosophy that's supposed to be more aggressive. It's a it's a Bills football team that I think people are going to be really familiar with based on what they've looked like over the last three years. But there's some dynamics and wrinkles that make this quite intriguing. And obviously week one, Jets Monday Night Football is one heck of a stage to debut a lot of the newness that uh, comes with your football team as the Bills are trying to get over the hump. 
And of course, in the NFL, the only constant is change. And I think, you know, the Bills have been through this before. They've had to, they've had, I think you could argue, you could tell me if I'm wrong, they've had bigger changes in recent years, you know, losing Brian Dable last year, for example, and they've always shown an ability to adapt. And that's one of the things that keeps you on top of the league. The Bills have been one of the best teams in the AFC the last three years. And I mean, I I don't know, a few weeks ago, we did an AFC East preview show and Jets fans will probably be mad at me, but I said at the time that the Bills were still the team to beat until proven otherwise. This is a team that's shown it can adapt. It's a team that's shown it can incorporate changes seamlessly. So I, I, there's probably not a great deal of concern that they'll be able to do this successfully. Am I right? Well, I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, but it is that next thing, right? It's the next layer of wrinkles, and you're curious to see how it's all implemented. I think the past history does give me some hope that it comes together the way that you would like it to, but they still have to go out and do it. And obviously against a, a really good Jets defense that gave the Bills a lot of trouble last year. I have some things to say about that in the coming segments. You know, this is a this is an interesting opportunity. I think perhaps the Bills get the Jets at a good time to play them week one with as much, you know, newness that they have, particularly on the offensive side of the football. But they have been able to adapt and you know, we'll see if they can continue to do that. Well, Joe, I guess uh, well, we'll talk about the biggest story on the Jets right now. And, you know, I could make a joke, really bad joke, and come up with some, you know, backup player. Or Pins something and like needles that. here, John. Yeah. Pins and needles. <laughs> but I'll, I'll spare everybody. I've locked on Jets listeners have to hear enough of my bad jokes each day. Um, obviously, <laughs> the big story for the Jets is the debut of Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. It's something Jets fans have anticipated since the spring. Jets have had a lot of issues at the quarterback position. I don't think I need to tell anybody who's listening to this show on the Jets side or the Bill side in recent years. In fact, one of my go-to bad jokes is that I have a PhD in in bad quarterback play because of all the poor, poor, poor performances I've seen from the position from the Jets. So very exciting from a Jets standpoint to watch Aaron Rodgers play. We've heard all the hype. I mean, look, listen, Hard Knocks was on the last couple of weeks. You turn on ESPN each morning. The Jets are usually the top story, whether whether the Jets going to do or the Jets going to make a trade. Now it's time for the team to hit the field. And last year, the Jets had a great defense. You know, they, as you mentioned, Joe, they played Buffalo really tough both times. They played almost everybody really tough on the defensive side of the ball. They, for the first seven weeks well, before Brees Hall got injured, had a top-notch run game. What they did not get was much in the way of quality quarterback play. They had a rookie of the year at wide receiver in Garrett Wilson who had 1,100 yards. But I think if you're looking at the reasons the Jets missed the playoffs last year, it wasn't only quarterback play, but it, but you'd have to say that was probably the number one reason. Zach Wilson did not develop. Mike White you know, Mike White played okay for a couple of weeks, but you know he's not a guy who's going to carry your team. Joe Flacco had a great career in Baltimore, but he clearly was past his expiration date. And you replace these guys with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Now, the question is always, you know, we just talked about it from the Buffalo side. It's one thing to think that you'll be okay. It's one thing to bring in guys who make sense on paper. How will it all work? I think one of the advantages the Jets do have is that Rodgers is working in a familiar system. You know, a lot of times you see one of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks go to a new Mm -hmm. team and he's got to kind of adjust to the coaching staff. You saw that with Brady in Tampa Bay where they won the Super Bowl the first year, so it all worked out. But there was an adjustment period the first 10 games or so. Seven and five through the first 12 games. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Peyton Manning in Denver, it took them about a month, month and a half to get going. I think the Jets bringing Rodgers into a familiar system, 
They've got a couple familiar targets in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, but we'll see. I mean, it's there's still I still do think there's good, there could be a bit of an adjustment period. Yeah, you know what's interesting about Aaron Rodgers in in, in adjusting? There's been times where he just kind of has to get through Week One, even during his time in Green Bay, where there was some lackluster opening games, and you know, for for the Jets, it has to come together quick, right? So that that opening slate of games, you and I at least talked about this off air a few weeks ago, where. This Jets schedule to open is brutal, but then it really softens up. And it's like, can you weather the storm and get through that first six game stretch and then still be in it? Or, you know, how, how does it all work if, if they don't start with the level of expectation that's been placed on this football team? How do they adapt when they're ready to really mash the gas pedal and gear up for that that run? It's 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 interesting how how challenging the schedule is to start and then how it opens up. And as we know, the New York media is not exactly going to go easy on the team if they go off to a slow start. I mean, the one thing I do think is the Jet, to the Jets' advantage is this is one of the oldest teams in the NFL, which has its good and bad points. But I think one of the good points is that there, there are a lot of veterans in the locker room who maybe won't panic and maybe will keep a better, maybe keep a, pers- a good perspective on things. But it, it's going to be very interesting. And that's one of the things I've said on Locked On Jets is that if the Jets somehow do manage this early start, it's really tough because you got Buffalo early, you've got a trip to Dallas, which is not going to be an easy. They, they may not be on the level of some of the other teams they're playing, but not an easy game early in the season. Kansas City, Philadelphia in the early part of this crazy this year. Trip to Denver, which you know Denver Broncos, Broncos weren't that good last year, but I always hate going to that. You know, playing a mile high, so a lot of very challenging games and a New England team the Jets haven't beaten in a really long time. It's yeah. become one of the ongoing stories of this franchise. So it'd be interesting to see. But I did I have said on Locked On Jets, you know, if the Jets somehow get through this four and two, then this could be a really mm. special season. Oh yeah. Yeah. You four and two through those first six, you're gonna be humming right along through the season. All right, folks, we're gonna talk about the big matchups that could decide this game here in just a moment. But first, we gotta tell you about prize picks. You gotta check them out. Prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And folks, it's easily the most exciting way to play DFS. The format, it's awesome. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. All you do, you pick two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute, and then the withdrawals, they're super, super easy. I love to make sure that going into football games that I'm going to watch, that I have an entry for prize picks. It just makes watching the game that much more fun. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, John, we talked about that. We're going to talk about the matchups that can decide this game. I got a couple of things down here that make a lot of sense to me. I got the chance to go first in the storylines. Why don't you go first here on your big matchup that you're paying attention to that could really be pivotal in the outcome of this game? I've got my eye on Quinn and Williams versus Connor McGovern, and the Jets have their own Connor McGovern. So, yeah, kind of, kind of an interesting <laughs> dynamic there. Uh, Connor McGovern for the Jets is the center. And actually, during the offseason, this. This, the Bills signing of, of the Connor McGovern they got from Dallas caused some confusion in the Jets fan base because there was a segment of Jets fans on Twitter, or you know, it was Twitter at the time. Whatever it is. Who thought, yeah. we just lost Connor McGovern to the Bills. This is a huge loss. Well, it turns out it was a different guy by the same name. But Quinton Williams entering a really big season for him, coming off the best year of his career, and he got paid, and he deserved to get paid mm-hmm. from it. And 
you know, if you look at this defensive line, the Jets have a lot of talent, but there's one premium player. There's one guy who really makes this thing run, and it's Quinn and Williams. And I think the hope with when a guy gets paid is that he keeps it going. I mean, the Jets have had instances in the past where guys have gotten a big payday and they haven't been quite as good going forward. Now, I, I fully expect Quinn and Williams is going to stay stay at the top of the league. I think if you look at the way he got to his performance last year, you know, he has a lot of a lot of different pass rushing moves. He, he pass rushes with a plan. I think everything he did is sustainable, but he's the guy who really makes this defensive line work. And if you look last year, Jets and Bills split their two games, but I thought the Jets defense performed well both times. I thought that they did a pretty good job dealing with Josh Allen. I think the, the Bills won the second game because their defense was j- just throttled the Jets offense more than, even more. Um, but I think Quinn and Williams is, it presents a tricky matchup for anybody you play. I think when you're incorporating a new player to the offensive line, it takes some time for that, for chemistry to gel. You know, we talked about it on the Jets side with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think it goes double when you're talking about bringing in new offensive linemen. So I think that's a matchup the Jets could exploit. I think, I think if in a scenario where the Jets win this game, we're probably going to look at the stat sheet and say, see Quinn and Williams put a big production. Yeah, Quinn and Williams is a monster, absolute monster. One, I mean, one of the best two or three interior defensive linemen in the league. He's young, and um, I mean, this guy was awesome at Alabama. I, nobody could block him in Alabama, and then it's just translating to the NFL. Took a little time to get a couple of injuries early on, but we saw him, what he's capable of last year, and uh, he's going to be a problem for a long time in this AFC East. So I, I think that's a really good call out. I'm going to go with uh, a pretty big headlining matchup here that, I mean, everyone's going to be interested in. Stefan Diggs versus Sauce Gardner. It's good on good. And what's interesting about this dynamic is that these players are both so confident, right? I mean, Stefan Diggs, I've watched him at training camp. He he's really just on a mission, it feels like. I know there was a lot of conversation over his appetite towards the team right now, and there are some personal dynamics that have been sorted out, but He's locked in, and he is playing and executing with a lot of confidence. I'd say he's a man on a mission. We know Sauce Gardner's a man on a mission. And very quickly emerging as one of the premier corners in all of all of football. And, I mean, just there's a – I think there's the, a necessary confidence that comes with being a corner, right? All the best ones ever, those, those guys just had, had something about them, a big-time chip on their shoulders, and, and Sauce has that. And what's interesting is that Josh Allen, as a quarterback, is never shy about going after these great cornerbacks. He, he don't care. He don't care who it is. If he wants to throw to his guy, he's going to throw to his guy. So there's going to be challenges here. We've seen, if I'm not mistaken, they opened up the one of the games last year with a, with a deep ball right at Sauce. I think it was completed, if I'm not mistaken. It and was. I think Sauce put the clamps on the rest of the way. But but he's it's just they're not afraid to go at those matchups. And I, I feel like you're going to see that tested. I'm sure it's going to go back and forth. you got two premier players, but... Diggs versus Gardner, uh, obviously a big storyline last year, but as as Sauce continues to, to be one of the best in the league, as Diggs is one of the best in the league, this is going to be must-see TV every two every time those guys are on the field against each other. You know, Joe, as you were talking about Sauce Gardner's confidence, of course, everybody saw hard knocks and Sauce Gardner becoming a, a bit of a household name. But I went yeah. back about about a year ago. I actually had the opportunity to interview Sauce Gardner. Mm. This is before he's played a game. This was in like training camp. It was August. It was training camp or preseason. And I was asking what his goals were as a rookie. And he said, I want to be first team all pro. And I said, <laughs> sitting there thinking like, dude, you're a rookie. You're not going to. Yeah. I'm not saying this to him directly, but he went out and did it. You know, yeah. he uh, he also said we wanted to win the Super Bowl, which obviously did not happen they but, all do every team wants to win the super bowl but so. he you know he 
it, it shows the level of confidence that mm-hmm. as a rookie he's stepping in saying, I'm going to be the best corner in the NFL. And I, I want to be very careful with how I phrase this because I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be as great as the guy I'm about to compare him to. He had a better rookie season than Darrell Revis did. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to have the same career trajectory. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to you know, go to the Hall of Fame, although I think based on his rookie season, that's a possibility. But it took Revis, you know, maybe two to three years to really start clamping down on the other team's best receivers. Sauce Gardner did it immediately. And the other thing that really strikes me is that it took about four years for the rest of the league to figure out that Revis was great and stop throwing at him. Whereas right now, as you mentioned, like Josh Allen's going to go after him. Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs is a premier receiver. It's going to be a great matchup. But I think when you face some other teams this year, they're just not going to throw at Sauce Gardner, which you know is it's kind of amazing how quickly word is spread around the league that he's great. But there aren't many there aren't many matchups where I look at this and say, you know what, this is going to be a tough matchup for Sauce. This is this is going to be a really interesting matchup because I you know you could see either either guy coming coming out and perform you know doing their job effectively. Most of the time, Sauce Gardner is just going to put these clamps on whoever he's covering. This is going to be a really intriguing matchup, and I'm not sure who's going to come out ahead in this one. John, do you have a second matchup here that you want to bring up here in this segment? Well, Joe, I'm looking at the offensive line, and I don't know it's a matchup as much as I'm intrigued by what this player is going to do all season for the Jets, and that's Mekhi Becton. So we could say Mekhi Becton versus you know anybody on this Buffalo defensive line, but he's a key player for the Jets this season. Uh, you know, you look at the whole situation. Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't want to make Aaron Rodgers out to be a statue. Like he's still going to be able to make plays on the move, but. That was such a huge part of his game in Green Bay in his prime. His ability to kind of break the pocket, move left or right, and still throw you know, throw an absolute laser on the money 30 yards down the field. I think he's still got the arm to, to throw, make the great tight window passes. I don't know he moves as, as well as he used to. You know, it, It's one of the things that you see on the film. If you're looking for t- rather tangible areas where Aaron Rodgers may not be what he used to be, he doesn't really – he can do it, but I don't think he can do it as consistently – that puts a premium on offensive line play. And the Jets have Jets have two question marks on the offensive line because you have a 38-year-old guy in Dwayne Brown coming off a serious injury at left tackle. But Becton's a huge wild card for this team. He's got a tremendous amount of ability. He was a top 11 pick just three years ago. And he essentially missed the last two seasons. Two years ago, he suffered a season-ending injury week one. Last year, didn't even get out of training camp before suffering another season-ending injury, both to his knees. He's back this year. He can provide a big boost to this team. This is a line that on paper isn't great run blocking, but if you put him next to Elijah Barrett Tucker, you have a, suddenly have a right side that can move people. So Mikai Becton could raise the Jets ceiling this year, or if he doesn't play well, it's the type, it's the one area where the tackle position, if you're looking at this team, there's a lot of expectations. That's the one area where you worry, you know, if this doesn't go well, it could have major impact on the season. I'll give you one other interesting uh, fact, Joe. This is this game is going to be the first time Mackay Becton plays in a home game in front of Jets fans because he missed all of last season. Mm. Twenty twenty one, he only played one game. It was on the road. In twenty twenty, was the pandemic year where there were no fans in MetLife Stadium. So he's entering his fourth season, but this will be the first time he plays wow. in front of his home fans. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Well, that that's very interesting. Also interesting, John. I had the same thing written down. It, it was really the Bills edge rushers, Greg Rousseau and Leonard Floyd against Dwayne Brown and and Mackay Becton, and um. Dwayne Brown, I mean, aging, uh, had, I, he's on the pup for a lot of training camp, if I'm not mistaken, in preseason. Um, he's been a great player in the NFL, but like, at what point does it kind of catch up with him where you know movement skills are at a premium playing on, a, on an island at tackle? 
I respect the career that he's had, but, you know, interested to see what he's looking like this year. And of course, Becton, who's got a ton of ability. I mean, I mean, just crazy size, crazy athleticism for his size, ton, ton of length. I mean, he's got really big time power, but availability has kind of been an issue there. And, you know, what does he look like in week one going up against a really bright up and coming young player in Greg Rousseau, who's going to play that left defensive end spot for the Bills? I know Von Miller's still on the pup list, and so the Jets avoid him, but the Bills do have Greg Rousseau, a recent first-round pick who's emerging, and Leonard Floyd, who's had nine sacks each of the last three seasons to kind of add to the pass rush without Vaughn. And then, of course, when you have Von Miller, you're even deeper. So I think that's a critical matchup for the Bills that could be an advantage that if they're going to have success against Aaron Rodgers and really you know, trying to put the clamps on him during his debut, I think it's going to be a lot to do with those edge rushers having a good day against those tackles. Well, Joe, I always like it when we say something similar. You're such an insightful analyst. It shows me that I'm on the, the right track. Too kind. <laughs> All right. Well, you've heard us break down the key matchups to this game. You've heard the key storylines ahead here on this crossover show. We're going to talk about what needs to happen for the Jets to win, what needs to happen for the Bills to win. That's ahead on this crossover edition of Locked On Jets and Locked On Bills. But you should know that this episode of Locked On Jets and Locked On Bills is brought to you by LinkedIn. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job, for your team faster and for free. It's very simple to create a listing on LinkedIn Jobs, then add the job in your purple in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. I don't know that the Jets or the Bills need LinkedIn jobs. I mean, they probably did not need to post a listing to get for the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. The Bills have had plenty of changes this offseason. These teams both have scouting departments. Well, LinkedIn jobs can kind of be your, your small business's scouting department. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is a crossover week one edition of Locked On Jets and Locked On Bills. We have to wait till Monday night for our teams to open up this season. Should be a very exciting game between two teams figure, who figure to be in the AFC discussion all season long. Joe, let me go to you. What needs to happen for the Bills to win? Yeah, I go back to the Bills offense against this Jets defense that gave them a lot of trouble last year, which is well below all of their statistical numbers, whether it's points scored uh you know the bills average about 30 points a game they didn't come close to that against the jets in two matchups i mean passing yards i mean the bills averaged 275 passing yards a game last year in the 14 games not against the jets but the two against the jets it was like 180 i mean just the third down percentage 38 percent on third down against the jets 50 percent against the rest of the league, 52 percent against the rest of the league and so how do the bills offensively match up this time around against the defense i think that starts with taking care of the football you know, you, I think you don't want to give the Jets extra possessions. I mean, turnovers are always a critical part of any football game, but especially when it's against a defense that's given you challenges. I think you want to take care of the football and be patient. I think part of what makes the Jets defense so good is that they're able to get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing, right? They had the lowest blitz frequency in the NFL last year at 14.9%, but the third highest pressure rate at 25.4%. And so when you can get pressure on quarterbacks without blitzing, that means you're dropping seven in coverage. 
And sometimes when you're uh, throwing the football, you know, you only can have five eligibles out there running routes. And if you need to keep guys in to protect, now you've got four guys out there with seven in coverage. It just, I mean, it's math. Math is a big part of football where you can get numbers advantages. And when you're dropping seven against five or seven against four or seven against three, it's going to be tough to complete passes. And so I think the Bills need to be patient with their plan on offense. I mean, this isn't the type of game to just go out there and launch deep balls. You got to take what that defense is willing to give you, lull them to sleep, and then kind of go for your more explosives as the game moves along. So I think it's taking care of the football and being patient and uh, not allowing the Jets to dictate terms and, and allow you to kind of fall into wanting to chase big plays. And, and I think the Bills, if they can be patient on offense and take care of the football, I think that's going to be really critical in terms of what needs to go right for them to win the game. Now, I have three keys for the Jets, and they're, the three keys come in the three different phases. On offense, you know, I talked about how maybe it won't be as difficult of an adjustment for Aaron Rodgers, but I got to tell you, Joe, I have nightmares of 15 years ago, Brett Favre, the first couple of weeks, uh, not on the same page with his receivers. There was this one Monday night game in San Diego that year where, I mean, he was throwing the ball like different directions from where his receivers were running the whole time. I don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic with Aaron Rodgers, but it does take some time to build up chemistry. Now, all reports are Garrett Wilson and Rodgers have developed great chemistry in training camp. They had one beautiful touchdown connection in the preseason, but I do think there's a question. How quickly will this will this uh, relationship develop? Um, you know, it's one thing to have chemistry in practice. It's one thing to hit one pass in an exhibition game, but you know, there is a, you do have to wonder, will it take a few weeks for them to really get on the same page in, in a big way? I think that if the jets win, they'll need Rogers to really take to this, take, take to this infrastructure very quickly. Um, you know, you can't have, you can't afford mistakes because the NFL, I mean, you take one false step or you, your guy cuts off, cuts off a route, like, two yards short of where you're expecting him to go. It can make a big difference. It could be a game-changing play. So in that sense, no mistakes from the Jets. You hope everybody's on the same page. On defense, I think it's controlled the trenches. Last year, I, I go back to the game, the Jets beat the Bills in November. The second half, the Jets' defensive line really took that game over. We talked about Quinn and Williams in general. There's a lot of talent on this defensive line. Um, you know, they the reason the Jets, biggest reason the Jets beat the Bills last year is that the defensive line did its job and took the game over. You kind of just alluded to it. And... I think winning the special teams battle is also pretty important. Um, This is a tight game. These teams are fairly evenly matched, and frequently it comes down to the third phase of the game, which people don't talk about that much. And something interesting about the way the Jets constructed their roster, you can tell that at the back end, they were really focused on getting special teams contributors. A couple of years ago, they signed Justin Hardy uh, from New Orleans, who's nominally a corner, but he plays all across the special teams units. He actually tied tied for the league lead last year in uh, tackles on punt coverage, but you know, across the rest of the roster, Ashton Davis, who's been a bit of a disappointment as a third round pick. He made the team over Trey Dean, who was a promising young player. And the reason he made it is that he plays all across special teams, even though he's not much of a safety, even wide receiver, the jets ended up keeping seven guys on their initial roster at the, at the position. One of them is Irv Charles. Who's you know an undrafted guy, 26 years old. I'm not sure there's a ton of upside at wide receiver, but Robert Sala, said he this and the, I believe the quote is he's an absolute wolf on special teams. So the Jets have really focused on special teams with their roster construction. And I think that there, there could be a game or two this year where special teams swing things, especially against some of the better opponents in the AFC where the teams are relatively evenly matched. Um, Joe, let me go to you for a score prediction. Well, listen, here's, here's where I, I really settle on this game. I think all the pressure is on the Jets. 
every bit of pressure. The Bills have been the AFC's champions three years in a row. They've had the second most wins in the NFL over the last three years. They've been on these stages. They played the opening game of the NFL last year in LA against the defending Super Bowl champions, right? Primetime games, is, it's a very normal part of the Bills' schedule. And to me, it's about the Jets. The Jets, they're at home. They have Aaron Rodgers. They're the splashy team. They're the darlings of the NFL, right? I mean, it, no matter how you want to spin it, you said it. Turn on ESPN, you turn on NFL Network, they're talking about the Jets. And so I think all of the pressure is on them to meet the moment. And I think the Bills catch them at the right time. I, I think the, the game later in the season is going to be a, a little bit different, in my opinion, because I think the Jets will have their legs up under them. But I think getting the Jets at their place week one while they're riding the hype wave, I like the Bills in this one, 27 to 23, Buffalo. I'm going with the Jets, and it's no surprise. And part of it, Joe, is probably that I've had enough bad Jets football where I could not pick them for years. I'm going to enjoy this season where – Teams expected to be good, but I can't help but think back recent Jet seasons where you just entered and it just didn't something didn't feel right with the team. You knew that there was some situation in the locker room. You knew that there, there was something going on behind the scenes, and everything's the opposite this year. And yes, we're in the honeymoon period, and yes, there's going to be a stretch this year where this team hits adversity, where things won't be so easy, but. Everything that I wanted to happen in training camp in the preseason has happened as far as the way Rodgers has embraced the team, the way he's taken on a leadership role. Um, I feel like this team's entering in a good place. And I was not sure that was going to happen. I, I felt like maybe there'd be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a adjustment period. And there probably will be at some point in the season. But I really like the way this team looks heading into the season. I don't want to read too much into preseason results, but it's, again, it seems like everybody's on the same page on offense. The defense should be very good. If this game was in Buffalo, I may have a different pick, but I think the game being in MetLife Stadium helps the Jets out. I think I'm going to go with the Jets 24, the Bills 20. All right, well, we'll have to wait until Monday Night Football to see who's right. But, John, this has been an awesome conversation to get things started. We'll do it again in a few weeks and maybe again later even after that. So, a lot of expectations for both football teams. It's going to be a fun year in the AFC East. John, thanks for uh, for helping us get started here at the Week 1 Crossover Thursdays. Joe, it's always a pleasure. Look forward, looking forward to doing it later in the season. And if you're a Jets fan, be sure to check out Locked On Jets tomorrow. We'll have a great Friday episode. I'm sure Joe will be doing the same at Locked On Bills for you Bills fans. Until then, take care, everybody.